Hello and welcome to Activate Your Intuition. I'm your host, Gabrielle Bentley, and I am a multi-dimensional healer, and I created this podcast to talk about all things healing, growing, evolving through a spiritual lens. Because as humans, we were planted here to grow, evolve, and change. And this podcast is about the evolution of humanity through the lens of the beautiful guests I have on this podcast, through the lens of myself and everything that I've learned on my own healing journey. So thank you so much for spending time with me and for allowing yourself to learn something new. In each of these podcasts, you will find seeds, you'll find teachings, not just from myself, but from my guides, teachers, and masters. So if it does hit home, please take it with you. And if it doesn't, leave it for the rest of the world. Thank you for tuning in. And let's jump into this week's episode. Hello beautiful people and welcome to this week's episode. I am so grateful that you're here with me, that you are here to listen and to guide yourself through your own healing journey. And this week I've had some deep awarenesses and if you listen to the Psychic Sisters podcast with my girl Cassie and I, you'll hear that we're always talking about like, oh, I had this awareness or I just had this and it dropped in. These awarenesses are ourselves doing the work. And this week I've had some really deep awareness on what is intuition, why does it come through and how it's guided me. And essentially what this episode is going to be is a deep chat in understanding how I actually allowed myself to fall in love with myself with the help of my intuition. So let me pre-phrase this whole podcast. So if you're new here, I'm Gabrielle. I am blessed to be a medium. I'm blessed to be intuitive and I'm so blessed to have two beautiful businesses and that I get to live this life that is fun and wild and free. So if you haven't heard my story, the catalyst for my intuition came when I was in childhood. I was always intuitive. I actually grew up playing with oracle cards, but I kind of outgrew intuition at some stage in my life and I let it go. And I really came back to intuition at a time in my life when I was really lost, right? I was really confused. I was unsure of where I was going. I just finished uni. I was like, I'm getting my shit together probably going to marry this man. I'm going to have kids. That seems like the thing I got to do. Anyways, fast forward into that. Right in the middle of a smack bang accident on the freeway, I saw my grandmother stand before me and she told me, don't put your foot on the brake, Gabrielle. And I, and I didn't. And there we go. Our intuition can lead us through 
our most traumatic events. And this is what this episode's all about is the awarenesses that I've had each time that something big has happened in my life. The fact that my intuition is guiding me and the fact that it's helping me heal and remove those blocks. And from that day, I was like, I'm clearly going to need some kind of help. And I enlisted in as many psychic teachers, psychic developments. I was really blessed. I live near the most incredible medium who lives here in Australia. She's been voted number one in the world. And I was blessed to call her my teacher for quite a while. Um, And in this mess, in this deep trauma, there was this deep birth of something had been birthed, which was my intuition, but it was also this duality of light and dark, right? And when we are living through this life, when we are living in this life where sometimes we forget we're in control and that life isn't happening to us, but for us, we forget that there is a positive sometimes to the negative and there's a negative to the positive because that's what life is. It's a duality ride. If you've listened to this podcast again and again and again, you will have known that I am a huge lover of the 12 universal laws and there's something I live my life vicariously through. So, When we are kind of growing and evolving and we're having these deep chapters, and I'm going to call them chapters in our life that seem really dark, whether that be a dark night of the soul, addiction, whether it be the fact that we are lost or we've had a big T trauma or that we've had something just stumble through our life that we feel we cannot face. Our intuition speaks to us. You deserve better. This doesn't have to be how it is. I know you're scared, but we got to move. Or we got to put the foot on. We can't put the foot on the brake in my case. (laughs) And your intuition is always there. But sometimes our intuition only turns on in big or dark or scary places. And when that is happening and when we are in what appears to be the dark and we cannot find the light, trying to trust the tiny little voice inside of our being, which is our intuition, can be really hard. But it can also be really healing. And... My journey of actual self-love completely mirrored my intuition. Like completely. People ask me every day. I get messages in my inbox like, how did you fall in love with yourself? And how did you come back from all of the stuff you've been through? And how do you trust yourself in business? And how do you how do you just do all the things? And I'm just like, I just can because I've... I've literally, right, I've literally and metaphorically gone to the gym and I've built that muscle. I have taken risk after risk after risk in my business and they've all paid off. I've taken risk after risk after risk inventing it, investing in myself and inventing myself and it just paid off. And 
when we're kind of in the dark, right? And we're like, we deserve better. Okay. So let's, let's use my old relationship. I will just, I was just thinking about this in the shower. So spirit must have told me. I was really like, I need to leave. I need to get out of here. This is not the place for me. This is not what I want. This is not the quality of a relationship that I desire, need, or deserve. And I was like, yeah, but there won't be anyone else. And I remember I had this thought and it didn't feel like it came from me. And I'll never forget that. And I had this thought and it was, yeah, but even if you're alone, you'd be better off. And I was like, okay, so if I'm alone, I'm better off. If I'm alone, I'm better off. And I leapt with that. And I left. And I left in a complete mess. When we generally go through a breakup, we break down to break through, right? Every day was hard. Getting out of bed was hard. Trying to talk to the person was hard. But we generally see in a lot of people that when they go through a breakup, they get a revenge body. They start to really look at themselves and honor what they actually want, need and desire. And our wants, needs and desires is something we really need to actively hone in in our lives because most of us do live on autopilot in our autonomic nervous system and this is something that I teach all the time if you listen to the podcast you've heard me say that a million times what do you want need and desire anyways I digress as I always do when we are in that post breakup phase right we generally start to realize we have more time and we start to either not get out of bed and or look after ourselves and let's go with option b here so things that people tend to do myself included this is what i do i have a real practice that i do anytime anything happens and right now i'm just calling this a breakup pattern but this is my real life pattern that i actually default to when things get hard so the first thing i actually do and the thing that is like the cornerstone of my own self-love and has completely utterly shifted my life and my practice is five years ago I started doing mirror work and I freaking hated myself five years ago I was on this crusade to lose 30 kilos which I did and I just would look in the mirror and go I love you And I would cry my eyes out. Like I would freaking bawl. Like that is a lie. That is not true. You are not good. You are not worthy. You can't even be associated. You don't feel like you're worthy of love. You are just faking it. And every time I would say this every day, I would have the same reaction. Until one day. It shifted and I was like, I love you, Gabrielle. I love you. And I was like, yeah, you're doing good. (laughs) And I was like, whoa, whoa, what happened? And then from that day, I actually started to voice record affirmations. I would drive 40 minutes to and from work because I moved in to my parents and I left the city here in Newey. And I would listen for 40 minutes straight, my own voice telling me, I love me, that you're amazing, you're doing the best you can, you're helping people daily, you're inspiring and you're hardworking and you're working full time and you're studying and you're always trying to do better for yourself and be better for yourself. And these were just things that they're the ones I can remember right off the top of my head because I would repeat them so often driving to work each day. But 
they really did start to land. And I remember after I started incorporating those words of affirmation into my life, my daily mirror practice got easier. And these are two things that I still do. I don't listen to an audio track now, but the inside of my mind sounds like this on a daily basis. Hey, Gabrielle, I love you. You are fucking fire. You are doing epic and amazing things. You're learning to be associated more and more each day. And I'm fucking proud of you. Like you are incredible. And that is a track from inside my mind. And when I say this to people, people are like, whoa, like the inside of my mind is actually hypercritical. And I'm like, yeah, mine used to be. I remember how much I used to beat on myself and my best friend, my one of my best mates, he is honestly the most amazing soul. The things that he has said and the self-awareness and self-development he has is insane. And he was really my first coach before I even knew what a coach was. Anyways, he used to always say um, in talking conversation, like sometimes I think what you would say inside of my head when I'm mean to myself. Anyways, one day he said that to me and my brain went, whoa. And I was like, okay, well, what would Samuel say to me if I was saying this to myself? (laughs) Not that I ever told him what was inside of my head, but like, I started to incorporate his voice inside of my head and he was so loving and so affirming and so beautiful and so kind hearted that the words inside of my brain had to change, right? And they did. And he was a really big catalyst for that before I even started mirror work, before I even started this journey of self-development. Um. And we get to have an internal monologue that fucking supports us and gets to be our cheerleader. And if I could do anything in the world is I would love to write this into a school curriculum, like self-love 101, mirror work, self-affirmation. That's it. And so many people, like some of my students, some of my clients, long-term clients, especially when I work with them over a couple of years um we really always look back on where we came from and I was having a chat with one of my clients and I was like remember when I first met you and the things you said to yourself and now I invite you to tell me what was the last thing you thought to yourself and the juxtaposition between the two were just so astounding I broke up into tears and I think about this about myself all the time like you have come so far and I'm sure anyone who actually takes the time to stop and look back and reflect and see how far they've come they've come far whether it be to the relativity that you want it to be today whether it be like to the bar of excellence that you've set yourself that you think you deserve to be at that's another story because I was just on Instagram before I started this and I was looking at this beautiful girl um, on Instagram and she was like, it doesn't matter what we have, we'll always want more. It seems to be the human dialect. And I was like, that's powerful. Um, I had a question on Insta, as you guys know, I always do this live. Do you think that others have a role in self-love? I actually did a truly transparent reel this morning. And as I do, as the studier I am, I'm actually studying the concept of attachment styles in infancy right now. 
and understanding that if our parents have issues being able to articulate our needs as a child when we are an infant, we actually will struggle to build a safe attachment style. And a safe attachment style and how I describe it, and I'm not a therapist, right? I'm not. Is how I attach myself to myself. Do I feel safe within myself? Having a secure attachment is like, yeah, well, if you choose not to love me or show up, I know that I wasn't really the problem. And maybe you felt uncomfortable inside of yourself after really analyzing the situation, right? And... How we show up is heavily based on our parents and how secure they are with inside of themselves. And something that I've been working on so heavily in my life and something that I have a beautiful conversation with my friend all the time about is like this point in my life is making sure that I'm so secure inside of myself that my children will be so secure with inside of themselves. Because our attachment style, whether it be secure, anxious attachment, anxious avoidant, anxious disorder not disorganized or may just be called disorganized is so important in how it shapes us like it shows us our whole world if we're anxious avoidant which it is quite a large percentage of the world it's like i don't want to look at my money i don't want to look at my bad relationships i don't want to look at the problem i just want to ignore the situation right now so yes our our self-love is heavily shaped in our childhood but we actively as adults get to shift the narrative and I have lately and you've probably seen the shift on my IG my insta is that I'm going from holy fuck this happened to me to holy shit I reframed that because as much as shit can happen to us and we all get to have trauma which gets stored in our body our body remembers stuff even if our conscious mind can't I've spent the last 10 years of my adult active life actively trying to remember my childhood I had no no memories of my childhood 10 years ago I could really struggle to tell you what happened yesterday it's a sign of being dissociated completely and utterly dissociated that I didn't want to be inside of my life not because super big things had happened to me but small t trauma adds up right and I'm only here to share my story in hopes to inspire someone else to go within and go on their own healing journey. It's something I'm really passionate about and something that I finally feel safe enough to talk about. And that in itself is a huge fucking thing because I've always been so stumped on like, I fucking want to talk about trauma, but I'm not a therapist. And now I'm looking at doing my counseling um, diploma and possibly going back to university, but we'll stay, stay tuned on that one. I love studying, but... I run two businesses, but this girl can do anything. Um, And when we are really, I'd been working on that with multiple therapists. So I've been in therapy for about 10 years now on and off and coming back and being associated and being in the body and learning what safety feels like for me has been such a big part of my journey. Um, there was a big point in my life that I actually wrote about this on Insta last night that when I was diagnosed, every door that slammed, I screamed. And I remember when I worked at Bunnings that 
people would always scare me because they were like, ah, you're so easily scared. And I guess no one really understands that if someone is constantly freaked out, it's because they have a heightened nervous system that something bad's probably happened to them and it's their body way of keeping themselves safe. So if you've actually been one of those people in your life who's like, that person's fearful, let me play on that. I really want you to reflect on that and go, holy shit, that person may have actually had really traumatic experiences and been scared of life. And there was a part of my life when I was scared of slamming doors. Like I'm still an inheritably jumpy person. And I may be that way for a while. I may be like that for the rest of my life. And that's okay because it's who I am. And it's my body trying to be hypervigilant compared to who I was and how it showed up in my life. It is completely different now and I do feel so much safer in my life and so more self-aware of my own systems and my movements and my body and when my body's in fear and if you are up to date on my insta the other week I posted a reel on how to see what part of our body we're in so if we actually take our finger and we're going to do this exercise together because it's life-changing um place our finger under our nose So it's sitting on top of our lip and we're going to breathe out three times. All right. If your left nostril was dominant, you are in rest and digest. And if your right nose is dominant, you're in fight or flight. So how I actually have started incorporating this into my life and into my self-love has been really pivotal in the last maybe three months. Mm, yeah, three months feels right. Um, I don't eat when I'm in fight or flight anymore. I don't try and meditate when I'm in fight or flight anymore. I don't try and do the things that should be self-care when I'm in fight or flight. Because when I am coming from that side of my nervous system, it's hard to relax. And I am a inheritably type A And I'm going to use the word perfectionist and I'm going to use it in context of Brene Brown. Brene Brown had a trending reel a few weeks ago and I kind of went digging and started reading through some of her books again. And she actually talks about perfectionism not being something to be perfect, but being something that is covering a layer of feeling like we're not good enough. When we ask a perfectionism why they're perfect or why they're trying to achieve perfectionism, generally they don't see under the layers of the fact that they feel like they're not good enough or that they can't they can't achieve the level in which they think they should in order to be accepted, loved, or felt safe in their life. And I worked in and I worked as a graphic designer. So I worked in a creative field. I was an artist and I really need to hydrate. And I remember I would sit there and painstakingly measure out millimeter by millimeter before I would ever send anything to my director. Because I was scared I was going to get fired each time I sent something. And if you're actually living in this level of fear, like these podcasts aren't made to reach the masses or the millions. Like, I actually only have these podcasts to make you think, right? I actively come on here and talk about my own journey from dissociation to association, from hating myself to loving myself, from being 
unaccepting of my intuition. That's probably a better word. Unaccepting of my intuition to fucking trusting and listening to my intuition, my Akasha, my guides, my intuition, and how it shaped those two previous journeys. Because we all deserve as a bare fucking minimum to enjoy life. And honestly, if on anyone and I'm like I'm like the biggest biggest person there is a quiz um you can do with people to say the 50 questions to fall in love I think it's by Cosmo anyway I do with all my friends and I probably talked about on the podcast before but in that there is a question that says if you out of if you in the world could interview anyone dead or alive who would you interview I've decided my answer is I would like to interview myself from 11 years ago the reason why is because she seems so far away now and not because I want to understand her trauma or her, her pain or anything. I just want to be able to better articulate how far my journey has come. Not to prove a point, but to show you that proof is possible. And so many people, I always witness people on Instagram who have all of these photos of themselves looking and feeling miserable, like on the start of their journey. I hated myself so much that my mother wasn't allowed to take a photo of me. There is like such little photos from my teenage years that can't even find a good photo, like without at least my parents in it or... I don't know, a friend, that's the only reason to take a photo. For me back then, like I hated myself. So this is a really transparent podcast and you can see the whole of me becoming more transparent. The more I've started to accept the fact and understand myself and my trauma, my association and dissociation and how my intuition has healed me. My intuition told me, Right back when I started my business that, fuck, I need to work with Natalia Benson. And I did. And I did one of her, like, mentoring group container membership things. To be honest, it feels so long ago and I was still dissociated three years ago. Anyways, I did her container and she's the one who taught me shadow work. I still have her morning... Maybe it's not morning, but her shadow work thing's still on my desktop. And then I followed my intuition and went back to therapy where I learned understanding who I am through the lens of my parents' attachment styles. And then I followed my intuition and I signed up with coaches who kept trying to explain to me that I decided to be a victim. And then I signed up with a coach who taught me shadow work and shadow work has been the deepest aspect of my own self-love. It's been the devotion to understanding my own story and the lens in which I tell my belief systems that they are. Shadow work has actively been the most pivotal part of my life. Mic drop. Because if we don't actually look at the belief system and the belief system I actually work on with all my clients first these days are do you believe healing is possible for you because a lot of people go healing is possible I've seen it all the time but then when you add in for you sometimes we get a different story 
I can tell you the girl that I would well, I really want to interview 11 years ago thought she was so broken that nothing was going to be possible to fix her. It's like I spent my old my whole childhood in a dissociated story that this is so transparent that my parents had all this money. Um and that they had all of these things that I dreamed and wanted because I was just so unhappy. And when we see unhappiness and when we feel unhappiness, not just from ourselves, but from our parents, we just start to mirror that back. Because we have these things called mirror neurons in our head. And again, I'm not a psychologist. But we mirror back the environment, the situations, the feelings that we see in our lives. And as a child, I mirrored back unhappiness. And it became my normal. It became my homeostasis. And it became a part of me that was my vibration. Let's link this up spiritually now. Like I can talk about science all day. I love it. It fucking makes me so happy. But when we are, we have something called a vibrational home. And as a child, my vibrational home was pretty low. I was constantly sick. I was constantly unhappy. I constantly was home from school. I had no friends. And I couldn't tell you the difference between what I thought was reality and what was actuality because I just couldn't tell the difference. The line was so blurred. Oh, someone so sweet just um, spoke, said thank you for sharing this. And I was like, no worries, babe. Like, I couldn't tell you what was up and what was down. And that's the point of this whole platform is to go, this is actually normal stuff. Like what I went through, my childhood wasn't trauma. Like it wasn't deeply traumatic. That was trauma in there. Everyone has trauma. If you go back and listen to my reel and read my story from today, you will see what things are classed as trauma for some people, including only speak when you're spoken to. You're really blessed. You live in a first world country. Like these kind of sayings can actually become traumatic because what we're doing is we're telling the person to bypass their feelings that their feelings aren't valid. And when we start to go, holy shit, I'm not valid, that creates a level of I'm not worthy. Because trauma to a child is not being seen, heard or held. It's not being acknowledged. So it doesn't have to be big things. And how one person goes through life with a secure attachment is completely different to how someone with an unsecure attachment will go through life. But back to our vibrational home, I I digress. So if you're not sure about the vibrational states of the human body, so it goes from fear to amiga, which is like the concept of enlightenment. So it's like all of these different energetic vibrations we can hold from peace, acceptance, acknowledgement to love and attainment. Attainment's not the right word, but you can just look up the states of the vibrational home on Google. Just type in frequency of the human body and it should come up. I actually don't know if that's correct. I will link it in this podcast. Um... And when we kind of like link fear as one of the bottom vibrations, it's called the vibrational scale. Guys, that's what it's called. Just came back to me. Sometimes it's hard. My stream of consciousness trying to keep up with my brain in the story. If we're constantly living in fear, like I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I don't know if I'm going to get the things that I want or desire. 
we live in this place called fear. That's really different to acceptance, which is like just above halfway up the scale. I accept the things that are happening to me. I accept this is my purpose. I accept that I'm on a human plane to learn some existence and possibly isn't all real. <laughs> like they're two very different places to be. And working on our vibrational scale, working on our vibrational home inside of our body shows us what we actually are able to manifest because we have to be in a high vibration to actually manifest in things. So many people talk about manifestation as if it's like a one dimensional concept, but it's actually like a 700 dimensional reality because your internal has to reflect your external and your external has to reflect a level of peace in order to go, even if I don't get those things, I'm going to be okay because we have to feel safe. And when that comes to self-love, I get the question all the time. So how do I start? The best advice I can give to anyone on their own self-love or healing journey, whether it be from association, whether it be from trauma, whether it be to get in touch with their intuition, whether it be to deal with her intuition like I did like I did like coming to peace with it is you actively have to seek guidance sucks is an answer whether it be from a book or a coach or a mentor we can't walk through fog without a flashlight and a lot of the times we actually struggle To see where we're heading. Unless someone else has already walked through. And the best things I've ever done for myself, whether it be therapy, whether it be having the most incredible people in my life and making sure that the five people that I spend the most time with are people that I actually want to be around, because they're incredible, is actively investing in myself. Because the truth is, if it wasn't for all my teachers, I wouldn't be here today. Not because I couldn't have figured this out, but maybe another 10 years. There are some amazing books. Books can also be teachers. So don't be like, oh no, she went through this whole podcast and all she says is to get a mentor. Like, find a good book. There's heaps of them on my Instagram. I'm an avid reader and highlighter. So... Tips for self-love, mirror work, self-love oil. Babe, don't go wrong with spells. If you're not a witch, you may not know what I'm talking about. I don't mean anything dirty. I just mean like an actual oil that is incredible and using it in your affirmations, in your self-love practice. So what else? Always learning. Listening to inspiring stories, like I just watched Selena Gomez's documentary and it inspired the fuck out of me. I'm such an avid for storytellers because all we have is stories. And when we start to hear other stories, we get to be like, this is kind of like my life. Like, wow, I feel validated. Hey, this isn't like my life. Like that doesn't resonate with me. But when we start to hear parts of our stories that overlap and we learn what other people perceive and see, we get to really allow ourselves to... Grow into a life that we love. And shadow work. I'm running a shadow work masterclass tomorrow in case you guys do want to come. 
I hope to see you there. You will be able to catch the replay as well if you can't make it, but that's tomorrow at 3pm Australia time if you're ready to face your shadows and see the light. So I want to thank you for joining me for this podcast. If you're wanting to come hang out in my world, you can hang out through one of my two businesses. I am Gabrielle Bentley, which is just Gabrielle Bentley now used to be I am Gabrielle Burnley, but I changed it. Or you can hang out with my cacao company and my breath work, which is your sacred ritual. Every person who buys a bag of cacao comes to ceremony. Um, I only have like two one-to-one mentorships left for the start of next year. And I'm still enrolling for soul healers for those people who want to go on their own healing journey, learn to touch their intuition and help others touch their intuition as well and be able to give readings, healings, and offer services that are recognized by the world leading IICT. That course is enrolling now for February and there's some amazing women already in it. So I hope to see you there, but I hope you have a great week. I will talk to you all next week. And until then, stay intuitive, stay psychic, and love yourself, guys.